Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. We lift your name high. Be exalted. Be exalted. We ask, Father, for your presence like never before. We ask for your power like never before. Let there be lights upon our hearts, O God. Let there be burdens taken away, taken away, rolled away from our hearts. Father, let our hearts be anchored, anchored on your word, anchored, anchored on your promises, anchored on what you have promised not anchored on a man or the abilities of a man, but anchored on you and you alone. Not anchored on the promises and the abilities of a man, but anchored on you and you alone. Anchored by you. Oh, that's our prayer this evening, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Stamped. The blood has sealed it. Let's open our Bibles, if you can, to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Glory be to God. I'll be reading the King James Version. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11 to 13. Yes, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 to 13. Um, if you have it on the screen, if you're in the auditorium, I'd like us to read together. One, two, go. Wherefore, remember. Okay, pause i like you to read like you're alive. Are you alive? Are you well? Are you alive? I can't hear you. All right. One, two, go. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Now we're going to be looking at this scripture and um, as we go into God's word, I'd like you to, you know, Follow me closely. Stay attentive as we go through God's Word. It's Tuesday, so we do some much more deeper study of God's Word. Am I correct? Glory to God. So if you look at that scripture, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. If you look at that scripture, verse 11 says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past, Gentiles according to the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision. I'd like you to look at the tense that was used, the, the tenses that were used in that scripture. It says, in time past. What that means is that he's speaking to people who are no more just Gentiles according to the flesh. He's talking about their past state. He's talking about their yesterday. He's talking about where they were coming from. He's describing and painting a picture of what they were before. What they were before. It says, in time past, Gentiles according to the flesh. It says they were called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in flesh made by hands. So what that means is that there were two sets of people that are described in this scripture. There were those people that described themselves as the circumcision. And there are those people that described as, or they were called the uncircumcision by those that have been circumcised. So there are two sets of people in before Jesus died, before he went to hell and was raised from the dead. There were two sets of people on the earth. 
There were those that were circumcised and there were those that were not. Simple. Let's go on. And then he says, At that time ye were without Christ. So what that means is that those that were circumcised look at those that were uncircumcised and saw them as though that they were without Christ. Without Christ, meaning that they did not have Jesus as Lord and Savior. But if you look at the word Christ, the word Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. So what that means is that if they were without Christ, that means they were not anointed. So what that means is that the experience that we had at Pentecost or that some people had at Pentecost where the Spirit of the Lord came upon them and the power of the Most High came upon them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they did not have that outpouring, they did not have that anointing for them to be able to function. Without Christ, unanointed. Hallelujah. Let's go on. It says, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. I looked at that word, aliens. And the word aliens, the word that is translated aliens, they also means those that are not participants. And if you look at that word participant, it means that... Um, Maybe they, they give you a group project at, at the office or they give you a group project in school and then there are those that participate in the project and then there are those that are just on the outskirts watching. Am I correct? Are you following me this evening? Aliens, meaning that they were non-participants from the commonwealth. Commonwealth talks about citizenry. It talks about people that are citizens of that country. It talks about people that had rights in that country. You know, if you get a UK visa and they put it there, B1 or, no, no, that's US, uh, visiting visa. If you check it, there's something that they put very boldly on that visa, depending on the type of your visa. They said, no recourse to, no recourse to health insurance. The health insurance of the United Kingdom is one of their prides. It is one of the things that they, they trust in the most. In fact, they will fight you if they feel like you're cheating the health insurance. If they feel like you're going to take advantage of their health insurance, they will fight you. They are so proud of it. If you're not a citizen, you have no access to the UK's health insurance. It is only for those that are citizens. So no matter what ailment that they have, down to brain surgery I think <laughs> the health insurance covers it that's why they find it hard to believe in God for healing there's insurance now but guess what God is this scripture is describing here that we were at one time we were like those people that have no access to health insurance we were aliens all we could do was to go into the UK shop on Oxford Street and go back to your country that's all. At best, you were a tourist. At best, you could, all that you could was to just go sightsee, London Eye, and then, ah, and you come back. And time, by the time you land in your country, you're annoyed with the heat, you're annoyed with the airports, you're annoyed with everything. But that's what an alien is. You don't have access. Access to the commonwealth, to the citizenry and the rights of that nation. The next part says, and strangers from the covenants of promise. The word that is translated strangers there, it actually means guests. Guests. Have you ever seen a guest that comes to your house, maybe for the first time, and after he comes to your house, the first thing that he goes to is to the fridge, and just opens the fridge, opens a can of Coke, and just gulps it down. What are you going to do? You're going to look at him funny like, Aga, from where to where? <laughs> from where to where? Strangers from the covenants of promise. The, it, another translation of that word means those that do not have a share in. That means that if there was a share, they were sharing things. You didn't have the right to join the queue. We didn't have the right to join the line. We were strangers from the covenants of promise. Look at the next part. He says... And having no hope. Wow. Hope is a powerful force. 
Bible says that and faith is a substance of things hoped for. Hope is like an image. Hope is like a casing. You know, when they produce plastic, what they do is that they have a mold. And then when they heat up the mold and then they pour the plastic pellets in it, and then the thing takes shape and then they remove the mold and the plastic is formed. Hope is that mold that faith gives substance to. Are you following me this evening? So if you have no hope, that means that you have no hope for the future. You don't have an image of your tomorrow. There's nothing that you could see in your tomorrow. You could not look at tomorrow and be excited. We had no hope. That means that those that are without God and without Christ, they may be feeling like they have a future and they have a hope. No, but, but Bible says that they had absolutely no hope because hope is even much bigger than what you can actually see in the physical. It has to be something spiritual. Having no hope. No hope. And then now says, without God in this world, what is it? In this same world that Jesus said, in this world you have tribulations, in the book of John chapter 16. In this world you have tribulations. He said that the God of this world is the devil. And they are now without God. Wow. So the next question is, so how did, how did we get there? How did we get to that place where we were strangers? How did we get to that place where we were without Christ, without the anointing? How did we get to the place where we were aliens? How did we get to the place where we were strangers from the covenants of promise? How did we get to a place where we had no hope and we were without God? Without God in this world. We know or we are, we are familiar with the story. Number one, God owns this earth. Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 24, the earth is the Lord's and his fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. How do we know he owns it? He created it. In the beginning, God did what? He created the heavens and the earth. He created it. He's the owner. He owns it. But beyond ownership, there he had an intent in mind. And that intent was to spread his kingdom to the earth. His intent was to spread the heavenly kingdom and to spread that influence here on earth. And how was he going to do that? He just created a man in his image and in his likeness. He formed somebody that looked like him, that acted like him, that was supposed to talk like him and be just like him. Bible says, and God formed man, and God created man in his image and after his likeness. He formed him and put him on the earth, and man was just supposed to be like God and extend the kingdom of God here on earth. But man messed it all up. He messed it all up. He sinned. He fell short. Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means that everybody that was in Adam, because Adam was carrying seed. You see, I checked the definition of the word seed, and it's amazing that a seed a fruit is determined is this it's is defined by its seed they actually said a seed is something that is embryonic that is covered by so that means if i look at a fruit the most important part of that fruit is not what you partake of the most important part is the seed that is inside of it because in the seed of it that's the future so everything that was inside adam mankind that was inside adam as soon as adam fell mankind fell mankind fell he decided to go the other way and man fell and then here god was his plan was to, to extend his kingdom here on earth and then we have a scenario of a man that that he was supposed to use that that man to extend his kingdom on the earth and the man has fallen but then we see three parts to god we see three parts to him number one god is judge let's look at the book of psalms chapter 89 Psalm 89, verse 14. All right. Let's read together. One to go. Justice and judgment at the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Can we see the new King James? Or the NIV. Good. Righteousness and justice 
are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. What this scripture is telling us is that the very thing that God's throne, remember Pastor Shola taught us, he said, God is not exactly his name. It is his position. It is where he stands and where he, where he is. It is his status. So let's look at it again. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before you. What that means is that what makes God God at the very foundation is righteousness and justice. Righteousness and justice. What that means is that when man sinned, God as judge had no choice but to judge sin. If he did not judge sin, the foundation of his throne was taken out. And imagine God leaving the throne of heaven. May we not imagine it. That was the very foundation and God had no choice but to judge sin in man. He had absolutely no choice. He had no choice. Because he's the judge of all the earth. When, when, when in the book of Genesis, um, let me see that. Yes, in the book of Genesis, when Abraham was conversing with him, Bible talked about how that uh, angels came to um, uh, angels came to Abraham, and then they went and gave him the promise about Isaac and so on, and talked about and talked to um, Sarah as well. And then they left, and as they left, Bible says, and God told Abraham, "Shall I hide from Abraham that which I'm about to do?" And then he said that the sins of the of the of Sodom and Gomorrah had come up as Christ, and he had sent people to go and look at it. And then God, Abraham made certain statements. And at the end of one of his first sentence, he said, Shall the judge of all the earth not do right? Shall the judge of all the earth not do right? What that means is that God is literally tied to execute righteousness and justice. He has to be a judge. Or else the foundation of what he is and where he stands is taken out of the way. Hallelujah. But thank God, God is not only the judge. Hallelujah. Thank God that God is also love. Glory be to God. Let's look at the book of John chapter 3 and verse 16. We can quote it in our sleep. Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. We see in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. Let's read that. Ephesians 2 and verse 4. God is not only judge, God is also love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. He says, but God, and then he now describes God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are ye saved. Somebody said, why did God chase Adam out of the garden? After all, he had, he had, he had just finished eating out of the fruit, fruit, fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. He could have left him there before he started to suffer. If you remember what God said in that scripture, Bible says that, and they said to themselves, now that the man has eaten of the knowledge of good and evil, before he goes to go and eat of the tree of, the, of life and death, let us take him out. What that means is that if Adam was not taken out of the garden at that point, there was no way for God to get back to man. He would have had to be stuck in that state forever. Imagine being your sin forever and your end is doomed like the devil. But it was his love. The very first act of his love. Imagine you, somebody that you, you just cursed the ground for his sake and the very first thing that you did was to kill an animal and to cover man. It's love. Somebody that your, your prime possession, your very, your best creation. Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 8, it says, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visit him? You have crowned him with glory and honor. He was the primus inter Paris of God's creation. And he had just fallen. And instead of sulking, and instead of being disappointed, the very first thing was to cover him. God is not only judge. God is also love. He is also love. Wherewith the love, wherewith he loved us. He's rich in mercy. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. 
Glory be to God. Let's read Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Let's see it on the screen. Romans 5, 8. Glory be to God. But God commendeth or demonstrated or displayed or made an open show of his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God did not wait for us to come and beg and to come and say, God, please. He made the provision. Look at what John said when he saw Jesus in the book of John chapter 1. He said, Behold the Lamb of the Lord that takes away the sin of the world. Behold. Behold. We heard last week that Jesus, the Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world, before you sin, God had to make a provision. That was his love reaching out. That was his love in the model. That was his love. That was God's love. So in justice and righteousness, he had to judge sin. But the love part of him could not leave man in that state. I mean, what does it cost him? If, if he was you, you were working on an Excel file, or you were trying to send an email, and the team was just shaking. What do you do? You just restart. Project. Restart. But God is not like that. What is he going to do with man? Man that he put his resources in. Man that he created in his image and after his likeness. The love nature of God could not let man remain there. He activated plan B. And then he reached out with Jesus. Hallelujah. But before God could do anything, there's a third part. God had to enter into an agreement with man. He had to enter into a covenant with him. He had to look for a way to bring about his, his redemption plan. He had to look for a way to ensure that man does not stay in the state where he is. He had to create that plan. He had to create that plan. Let's go to the book of Genesis 17. Genesis 17. It's a long read, but just follow me closely. One to go. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the almighty God, or I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations I have made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and between thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. I will give unto you and to your seed after thee the land wherein you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, verse 9, You shall keep my covenant, therefore, you and your seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and your seed after you. Every man child amongst you must be circumcised. You shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it will be a token of the covenant between me and you. And, and, and he that is eight days old shall be circumcised amongst you. Every man child in your generations, he that is born in your house or bought with money, if any stranger that is not of thy seed, he that is born in thy house and that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Covenant. God had taken the title deed and given it to man. When man sinned, man handed it over to the enemy. Bible calls him the God of this world of the prince of the power of the air like we'll see in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. 
the devil is in charge. He's the one that is running the affairs and the, and the world system and Babylon. He's the one that is in charge. And how did he get that? When Adam took that throne, that God, that crown that God crowned him with and handed it over to the enemy. But all was not lost. God opened another opportunity to reach man. He had to enter into what we call a covenant with him. What is a covenant? Let's define a covenant. And we're going to look at certain criteria that describes what a covenant is. Certain criteria. And it is very important for us to understand the covenant because we understand why, we understand the terms when he says, my covenant I will not break nor alter the words that come out of my lips. It seems as though when it comes to covenant, God ties himself down by a contract. He ties himself down. What is a covenant? A covenant is a pledge, an irrevocable vow, or a promise. That's the first part of covenant. It's a pledge, an irrevocable vow, or a promise. What that means is that if I'm going to enter into a covenant, one of the things that we must see in that scenario is that there must be a pledge, there must be a vow, or there must be a promise involved in covenant. And we saw that in the scripture that we just read. God kept saying, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. The next part, it is between two or more parties. You cannot enter into an agreement with yourself. <laughs> I hereby agree with myself that I shall wake up tomorrow morning. You are deceiving yourself or you are blessed upstairs. Hallelujah. It must be between two or more parties. Like we saw in the scripture that we just read, it said between me and you and your seed after thee. So God was on one side making certain declarations and Abraham and his seed were on the other side. Two or more parties. Number three, there must be agreed terms or action points. What was Abraham's simple action? The first part, walk before me and be thou perfect. Number two, circumcise yourself. I'll say it again. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Number two, circumcise yourself. And what was God's part? All the I wills. All the I wills. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of thee. Kings will come out of thee. I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. Listen, let me say this here. Very sensitive statement, but, but listen. The whole world can fight against Israel. The whole world can, can, may not understand why. Why should they be killing Palestinians and all that? But did we just see what we saw in this scripture? He called it an everlasting covenant. Do you know what everlasting is? It lasts forever. Everlasting. Surrounded by enemies all around. Yet you can't take that tiny nation around uh, away. In seven days, they defeated five armies. <laughs> Say covenant. Covenant. To carry out agreed terms or action, there must be terms, there must be actions. We must do X and you will do Y. Another part of a covenant is that it is sealed by blood. Real covenants are sealed by blood. There was no way that that covenant between Abraham and God, between Abraham and his seed and God, could ever be sealed without the shedding of blood. All Abraham had to do at age 99 was to shed blood on his foreskin. It had to be sealed by blood. 
they have to be sealed by blood. There has to be shedding of blood. Without shedding of blood, there's no covenant. No covenant. Number five, it can only be ended by death. The only way to exit a covenant, not contract. With contract, you can go to court. Say, I'm not doing it again. But covenant, you die, dear. You die. The only way to exit a covenant was if somebody died. Number six, every covenant has a benefactor. What that means is that somebody that is in a position to bless, that is why the Bible says that without this position, the less is blessed of the greater. There will always be somebody who is at the greater position and somebody who is at the less position where a covenant is concerned. In the olden days, you have two groups of people. Some people are farmers and some are hunters. And then the farmers will be exposed to fighting and wars and different scenarios. And then they will go into the hunters and go and have an arrangement with them and enter into a covenant with them and say, all we need from you is to protect you and ten, uh, protect us rather and 10% of our harvest will always come to you. Hunter. So he does not have to go and shoot game anymore. Of course he will enter into that kind of agreement because he has the skill to protect. Covenant. 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 There's always a benefactor. Number two, there's always... Not number two, right? Number seven. There's always a beneficiary. There's somebody that is always in the receiving end of the benefits. And of course, number eight, there are benefits to every covenant. I mean, nobody enters into a covenant without benefits that can accrue to you. So let's review this covenant today. This covenant we read in the book of Genesis 17. Using this criteria. Criteria that we have looked at. Number one, where promise is made. Can I get feedback? Where promise is made. What did God say? As for me, behold my covenant with you. And you shall be a father of nations. Your name will no more be Abraham, but Abraham... For a father of many nations, I have made thee. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Promise. I will make nations of thee. Promise. Kings will come out of thee. Promise. I will establish my covenant between me and your seed after you in their nations and, and for an everlasting covenant to be a God to thee and to thy seed after thee. I will give you land. Promise. Where promise is made? Yes. Where two or more parties involved? Yes. God was on one side. Abraham and his seed were on the other side. Were there agreed terms? Oh yes. You do this, all I need. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And circumcise your foreskin as a token. As a token of our covenant. Thank God he said the meal. I'll leave it there. Glory to God. Where there are agreed terms, Abraham was supposed to do certain things and then God was supposed to do certain things. Agreed terms. Was it sealed by blood? Oh yes. There was the shedding of blood. And finally, has God died? I can't hear you. Has God died? Has God died? Has Abraham's seed died? Do we still have Abraham's seed here on earth? So that means this Abrahamic covenant is still valid till today. Till today. You can fight the, the Jews all you want, but they've got a covenant. And they are so conscious of it. Which is why they were the ones that were called the circumcised, that called the other set of people uncircumcised. What do you think David was talking about when he looked at Goliath? Tiny boy. And then he could go before a giant and say, you uncircumcised Philistines, how dare you come against the armies of God? Covenant! Covenant. It was so strong in their mind. They knew that they were with God. We'll look at that shortly. They knew that they could go into battle and God was for them. 
because God swore. Hallelujah. He swore. So this covenant is still relevant today. But then I'd like us to focus on one verse in that Genesis 17, verse 12, please. Genesis 17, verse 12. And he that is eight years old shall be circumcised amongst you. Every man child in your generations, he that is born in your house or bought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed. What does that verse say? It means that there are two ways that you can access the Abrahamic covenant. Am I correct? Number one, you have to be born of the seed. Number two, you can be bought of the seed. So what that means is that it is okay to be bought to access this covenant. It is okay to be born, the Jews, the Israelites, by natural genealogy, they had access to this covenant. But on the other side, we knew those that were bought by the seed. Oh, thank God. Thank God, God did not leave us out of this equation. Imagine this kind of benefits and only a, a certain country, a set of people can access it. Thank God. Hallelujah. Let's look at some exciting scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. I'd like you to please be fast with me. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20. One, let's read together, please. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Number one, I was bought. Come on, say I've been bought. I can't hear you say I've been bought. If I have been bought, that means I can have access to the covenant. Am I correct? You were bought with a price. What was that price? Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Hallelujah. Acts 20 and verse 28. Let's read together. One to go. Please, I'd like you to read. One to go. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which you are, the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Listen folks, you were bought with a price and that price was the precious blood of Jesus. When Jesus hung on that tree and shed his blood, he was paying the price for you to access Abraham's covenant. Abraham's covenant to be great. He says, I'll make of you a great nation. I'll bless them that bless you. I'll curse them that curse you. Through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Inside of you is potential to bless the whole world. You were purchased with the blood of Jesus. Come on, say, I was bought with the blood. Oh, hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 14. Colossians 1 and verse 14. Let's read together. One to go. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. Redemption is a, is a transactional word. It's not so big. It's not so big. Redemption simply means I go to spa. Or I go to Samsung shop. I see a nice 70 inch TV. And I want it in my house. They call the price for me. It is so and so amount. So and so naira or so and so dollars. And then I just take money out of my pocket. I place it and I redeem the TV to my house. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Jesus paid the price with his blood and redeemed you into his house in whom we have redemption. You have been bought. You have been bought. You have been bought. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 to 14. Come on, let's read together. One, two, go. Christ has redeemed us. Pause. Let's, let's, let's change the word redeemed there to but us. <laughs> bought and translated us come on one to go christ has bought and translated us from the curse of the law be made a curse for us for it is written cost is everyone that hangs on a tree pause let me check. let me let me quickly give you something free there where did the problem of humanity start it started at that tree where did the problem of humanity end 
it ended when Jesus was on that cross. God is just amazing. He's just amazing. The problem started at the tree. And when Jesus stood on that cross and said, it is finished. Price paid. Transaction successful. Transaction successful. You've been bought. For it is written, curses everyone that hangs on the tree. Why? Next verse. Next verse shows us why. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. The only way the Gentiles could access that blessing was through the purchasing power of the blood. Not the purchasing power of the Naira. Thank God. The purchasing power of the blood. Through that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. And that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hallelujah. Not only those that have already experienced transition have been bought. Let's go to the book of 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2. 1 John 2 and verse 2. 1 John 2 and verse 2. Thank you. And he is the propitiation. I like the way the NIV, the Passion Translation puts it. He says the right payment. I think I should read it. Okay, let's read this and I'll read the um, Passion Transition. For he is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let me read the Passion Translation. Forgive me, I'm getting excited. <laughs> First John 2 and verse 2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not only for us, but also the sins of the whole world. What that means is that when Jesus was on the cross, his payment was not only for those that accept it, his payment was for everyone. Everyone. It was the full payment, full package, full option, leather seats, power steering. What else? V6H. Full option. Panoramic, full option. There was no life, no soul left behind. No soul left behind. I like a caption that I remember growing up. Only fools go to hell. Why? Because the payment has been made. There's the story of a man that went on a boat cruise. Boat cruise. And then he paid the ticket for the boat cruise. And then he bought cabin biscuit and Nestle water. <laughs> and took with him on the boat cruise. And said, ah, I don't have money for food though. Let me just maintain in my kubiku. When it's time for people to, you know, relax and play, he will join them. When it's time to eat, he will go into his kubiku and go and eat his what? Cabin biscuit and Nestle water. After a while, his friend came to meet Aga Aga. The food in this boat is amazing, you know? Are you fasting? I've not been seeing you. He said, ah, I'm sorry. I, 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 surely, I cannot afford the three-course meal. Afford? No! It was fully paid for in your ticket. Listen, the payment for the whole world was made. Only fools go to hell. Full payment. Full option. Full, full, full option. Nothing was left out of the blood, the precious blood of Jesus. Not for ours only, but for the whole world. So the next time you look at that, your friend who is not born again, don't look at him with the eyes of the fact that he's going to hell. Look at him with the eyes of the fact that this guy just doesn't know that he has been, the price has been paid for him. He just doesn't know. The whole world alone. So then, how do we access this? Because we do not access it by circumcision. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's go up to Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 to 9. It shows us how. Galatians 3, verse 7 to 9. How do we access this? Because if the price has been paid, and I have already been bought, how then do I access my state of being bought? Galatians 3, and verse 7. Yes. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, come on, say of faith. I can't hear you say of faith. The same are the children of Abraham. Verse 8. 
and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen or the Gentiles or the uncircumcised through faith he preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed next verse Bible now says so then they which are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham what that means is that we access the state of being bought by faith that's why the Bible can say in the book of John 3 16 for God so loved the water and he gave his only begotten son that whosoever does what believeth in him will not perish perish but have everlasting life Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 to 10 Bible says that uh, with with the with the heart a man be, if you confess with your mouth thank you Jesus the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved with the mouth with the heart a man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation all you have to do is to accept the payment of the blood because the blood made the full payment you simply access it by faith you take it by faith don't do nothing you simply believe. Come and say, only believe. You only believe to access the blessing of Abraham. You only believe. Only believe. Only believe. You only believe. Now let's go back to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to have, it's another long read. Six verses. Ephesians 2 and verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, were made nigh by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. For he is our peace, who has made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition. There is no uncircumcised and circumcised anymore. The wall has been broken down having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were far off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we have both access by one spirit unto the Father, now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God remember what he said in the previous verses he said we were strangers to the covenant we could not partake of it we could not access the blessing of Abraham but what has happened by the blood is that we now have access come on say I have access because the blood has paid the price come on say I have access oh hallelujah so let's go back to Ephesians. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. The scripture we read when we first started. Verse 11, I believe. Ephesians 2, 11. Oh, let's look at this verse and let's break it down again. It says, Wherefore remember that ye being in one time past Gentiles in the flesh who were called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Thank God because of the blood of Jesus. We don't have to carry this out again. Verse 12, he says that at that time ye were without Christ. Come on, say, I am with Christ. I can hear you say, I am now with Christ. We were, we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Come on, say, I'm no more an alien. I'm no more an alien. From the commonwealth of Israel. Come on, say, they, it says they were strangers from the covenant of promise. I'm no more a stranger. No more a stranger. Having no hope. Come on, say, I have hope. Come on, say, I have hope. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I have hope. I have hope for my future. I have hope for tomorrow. Because my life is hidden in Christ, in God. Come on, say, I have God in this world. I have God in this world. So that scripture, because of what the blood of Jesus did, I now have hope. I'm not a stranger anymore. I was far away, but I've been brought near. I've been brought near to access the blessing. Come on, say, I've been brought near. 
have been brought near. He says we cannot access the two of us. So when a Jew stands, I don't have to feel inferior. Me that I am a physically in the physical a Gentile, but I'm a spiritual Jew. I'm a son of Abraham. You can stand physical, but I'm spiritual Jew. And my, and my Jewness is equal to your Jewness. Hallelujah. Because Bible says he made us two in one to access. So when people are talking about the Jews, don't exclude yourself. You are not a stranger to the commonwealth because of covenant. And that covenant was sealed. How? In the blood. Sealed and stamped in the blood. God placed his stamp upon you. That's why Paul can say, Therefore, let no man trouble me, for I bear on my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. What mark was that? It was the stamp of the blood that this one has been bought. This one, full payment. This one, full option. See this one, it's touched up my anointed. Do my prophet no harm. Touch not. I'll close with this scripture. Isaiah 54 and verse 7 to 10. Amazing, amazing scripture. Isaiah 54, verse 7. For a small moment, God speaking, have I forsaken thee? But with great mercies will I gather thee. Let me pause and explain this a little. God gave the Israelites certain laws and commandments that they were supposed to follow. He gave them. And then he said, as you obey this, according to the book of Deuteronomy 28, if you obey this, everything is going to go well. But the time that you begin to disobey, I will cause things to happen to you. So that's what he was talking about here. For a small moment, I forsaken thee because they had turned their back on God. This Jesus had not yet come here. But let's see the verse. In a little wrath, I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, says the Lord, thy Redeemer. Next verse. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn. Come on, say he swore. I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So that I have sworn that I should not be a wrath with thee, nor rebuke thee anymore. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed. Says the Lord that has mercy on thee. Listen, God has bound himself by covenant. God, the only time that God can fail on his covenant is when he dies. He has bound himself by covenant. He said, I cannot remove my covenant of peace from you. We have hope. We have been brought near. We have access to the blessings. We have access to the greatness. We have access to all of God. Because the blood bought us. Because the blood gave us access. Not by human blood. Not the blood of goats and the blood or the blood of Abel's. This blood is speaking. This is a speaking blood. A blood that speaks better things. There's a blood that was crying vengeance. Saying restore, revenge, avenge me. But there was a blood that was crying mercy, 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 mercy. A blood of mercy. Hallelujah. Blood of mercy. Crying mercy. Crying mercy. Crying mercy. Shall, neither shall my covenant of peace be. Imagine a mountain. Have you seen a mountain move in your life? If a mountain cannot move, how much more can the mercies or the covenant of peace? The only way that you can get out of the covenant is to die. And thank God, God is not about to die. He can't die. His life. Can life die? <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. So what do you do? What do you do with this? Remind yourself. Remind yourself. Remember, I have got a covenant. And I have access to that covenant by blood. When you are beginning to feel far from the Father, beginning to feel alone without God in this world, impossible. That's why the book of Romans chapter 8 he said there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Shall trials or tribulations or famines or distress, nothing is able. Why is there nothing that is able? Because God is bound by covenant. And he said, my covenant I will not break, 
nor alter the words that have gone out of my lips. God is tied by covenant. <laughs> God is tied by covenant. And final scripture this evening, Hebrews chapter 6. We had to go to Hebrews 6, didn't we? <laughs> Verse 13, I'll read. It says, when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear. See that word again. God swore. Imagine God swearing. God swearing. <laughs> because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, surely in blessing I will bless thee multiplying i will multiply thee listen if you have not seen multiplication or the blessing in your life remind yourself there's covenant back in it let's go on for men verily swear by the greater pause previous verse and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise for men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. What that means is that when I'm promising you, so don't worry, I will take you out. Don't worry, I'll buy you Bugatti. Don't worry, don't worry. The, there was still a shaking. There was, I was still unsure. I'm not so certain. But when he says, when it is backed up by an oath, he said it is an end of all strife. He said, ah, you, have, you, have, you have sworn. You have sworn by someone greater. Okbari, it's finished. It's finished. For men very little by great and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise the immutability of the counsel or the fact that he will not change his mind. He confirmed it by an oath. He gave you a promise and then backed it up with an oath saying, I bound myself. I swear if I do not bless you, I'm going to die. And since I cannot die, you are blessed already. And what gave us access is the blood the blood he backed it up by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay, hope on, lay upon the hope that is set before us some of us have lived life without strong consolation. Some of us have taken strides in business, in our career. Some of us have looked for jobs, looked for business, looked for, looked for things without reminding ourselves that there is strong consolation that can be gotten in covenant. Strong consolation. Listen, how dare a young boy like David go after Goliath? God swore. God swore. How dare somebody like Abraham, 318 servants, go after five kings? God swore. He swore. He swore. There are certain strides you will take in your life when you remember and you have strong consolation that the person that is backing me swore. I am with God. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. He swore. He swore. He swore. We're going to do one thing. With this understanding in our hearts, we're going to begin to make declarations by faith. Over and over, Pastor Shola has taught us, you are the prophet of your own life. Moses appeared to them. Oh, no, he did not appear. He stood before them. He said, I said before you today, life and death. Choose life. You don't choose life by walking in, the, in that way. No, you choose life by declaring out of your mouth because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that indulge in it will eat its fruit thereof. So you're going to begin to declare. Declare the terms of your covenant. If you have sickness in your body, say no more. I can't be sick anymore because the God of cov the covenant of peace, I have a covenant of wholeness where there's nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, nothing stolen. I have a covenant with Almighty God and I have access to that covenant by the blood of Jesus. Declare those terms now. Speak to that business, come alive again. Speak to that career, come alive again. I am familiar with my covenant. I have been brought nigh unto the Father and I believe in Him. I believe in him. I have strong consolation. 
after he has patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So you, are go, you may go through some patient endurance, but you should know that the promise that has been released by the Father, it will certainly reach you, it will certainly get to you. Oh, Rekanda Banda Segalivra Dasha Telagayata Labalagatata Retenembe Rakande Batista Kanende Shepila Garada Ragaya Ayaga Nende Balatunevati Beneviga Ane Egaita Ragayata Ayega Re Rabana Bande de Sosto Gode Shetiga Eyana Mana Namana Rakana Arega La Pelagatuta Balagata Ane Kirendo Paloka Atiga Atega Laga Ayane vita amba rototo sotiga era raga ronde vatusta gayane we declare in the name of Jesus by the sure mercies of the Father ala baroga ya we receive a fresh outpouring of your power like never before and we declare in the name of Jesus we go forth in this strength laying hold on the promises of our covenant You swore, you swore, you swore, and so we can't believe because you swore, <laughs> because you swore. Thank you, Father. Can we lift our hands for just a few minutes? Just lift your hands in surrender and let's receive of the Father. If you can, please let's pray in the spirit. Rotene balaga radende vrendo doto agayade hele Come on, let the Holy Spirit minister to your hearts this evening. Let him breath lights. Let him breath lights. Let him breath light. Sigatone braninde de kondo opelepana na balaga yote diga branena alakone librahita ayege nefendo pande ruklida alola gaya. I pray, I brother, I speak to your eyes. See, rekigi kini ni brodo kalatonde. Reketina, oh, you're protected. You're covered and shielded. You, oh Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will shield you surrounding as with a shield. Oh, Lagaya. For under his wings we take refuge. His truth is our shield and our buckler. You are protected and shielded and covered. Oh, thank you, Father. Our eyes are beginning to see. We see, see what we should see. And our hope, our hope is restored. We have hope. We have hope. I have hope, oh God. Yes. <laughs> We're not like them that are without hope. Oh, we have hope. There is hope in the promise of the cross. You gave everything to save the one you love. This hope is an anchor for the soul. <laughs> oh, oh, we have hope. Hope. We have hope. Yes, we can come out. No, you don't have to die on that sick bed. That loved one does not have to die on that sick bed. You have a covenant. You've been bought. You have access to covenant. You have access to covenant. Oh, thank you, Father. If there's anybody sick, lift your hands. Let me pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for every sick body. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses on the tree. 
so that we having died to sin may live for righteousness by whose stripes we have been made whole I speak to that body be made whole in the name of Jesus it's a covenant of peace of wholeness be made whole in the name of Jesus be healed be healed be healed be healed in the name of Jesus be healed thank you Jesus oh hallelujah we give you thanks oh God anybody have hope in this house come on go ahead and give Jesus a shout hallelujah We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.